Are you working in your business sweet spot? If not, then this week's episode should really help you find it, hone it and position it to attract your perfect people. We'll go through three steps that can help you uncover your business sweet spot and true genius zone for leveraging all you have to offer to your perfect clientele. See you on the inside. Welcome to the Leverage Business Podcast, where we believe business success is about working smarter, not harder. Leveraging your time and expertise in ways that fit the digital age you and your clients live in today. I'm your host, Jay Allison, author of Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age and founder of the iSuccess Business Academy. And every week I'll be sharing insights into how you can apply the power of leverage to grow your consulting, coaching or other expert services business and create true freedom and independent success with mindset, marketing and money model breakthroughs. Because when you get leveraged, the sky's the limit. Let's go for it. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast uh, with me, Jay Allison. And this episode, we're looking at how to find your business sweet spot. A lot of people aren't really working in their most profitable and purposeful area. And so I wanted to really give an overview of how I help people to find their business sweet spot to really drill into what is it that makes them tick and how to position it in the marketplace so that you're actually attracting the right people to work with you who are willing to pay for what you do. So people often talk about the sweet spot in sports, usually golf. And I don't play golf, but I've heard that a lot. And I loved the film uh, Legend of Bagger Vance, where he really had this moment in the film where it was just amazing. And he sort of said, you know, when you find your your sweet spot, it's that zone where everything just flows and, and you know, the, the ball just goes either in the hole or right near the hole. And you're just in that flow. So we're going to look into finding that place where you just seem to get everything right and the steps you can take to find that that absolute sweet spot. We'll go through three steps that I use with people to help uncover their true genius zone, if you like, and a profitable genius zone so that you can leverage all that you have to offer to your perfect clientele. Because I know that when you get this right, it's so much easier and you attract both super ideal and hyper responsive clients to you. And ultimately, your strategy calls and sales conversations will also feel both results focused and authentic. And that's, I think, really important. So the way to find your business sweet spot is by looking at the intersection of what you're good at, your strengths, what you enjoy doing or learning about, your interests, and what benefits others, which is where really the profit zone comes in. In business, you'll find your sweet spot is where there's perfect harmony between the things that you and or your company does well and efficiently and the things that the market is willing to pay for. So put it another way, it's where your target customer's needs fit with what's special about you, your product or your service. In my business strategy conversations, I've talked to a lot of people whose goals or ideas just aren't yet clear. And that's, in fact, the thing that's challenging them the most. Um, And they're stressing about it. They're, They're stressing about 
how to find their purpose, how to find their why, how to make the right decision and make sure they're not making the wrong decision. And it's kind of like paralysis by analysis. And I know a lot of people are really get themselves in a bit of a bind uh, with that. A lot of people, we've talked about this a bit in my interview with life coach Tara Chatsakis in episode seven, but a lot of people are actually exploring a new focus more often than they used to, I think a, a reinvention even perhaps. And they want help to identify something that has the potential to reignite a passion or pivot your business in changing times, as I talked about back in episode two. And definitely you should also aim to draw on your existing talents and skills and strive for excellence in terms of your up-to-date knowledge and expert process for helping people. So it's counter-effective if you're constantly learning and feeling on the back foot in a new area all the time. So that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about kind of building uh, on what you've already done, shifting slightly, evolving those kind of uh, shifts really not necessarily throwing out the, the baby with the bathwater, so to speak. So here's the three steps I use to help people to find their business sweet spot. So I'm just going to list them and then we'll go into them in a bit more detail. And they flow one to the other. So, um, you know, really, it's a process that you can go through. And I have a planner for this in the, in the Business Academy that I'm looking to release very soon. So number one is to align your financial and personal drivers. Number two is about identifying your most profitable genius zone. And number three is around doing work that's in demand and has a positive impact. So then we'll take it a bit further. We'll also look at how this impacts your positioning, branding and pricing. Um, Not necessarily in this episode, but certainly that's where this is leading into because once you're clear on on your business sweet spot, it becomes so much easier to get your message out there, to brand yourself in the right way, and to really set your prices um, to claim what you're worth. So let's dive into step one, aligning your financial and personal drivers. If we only look at aligning what you do with what the market wants, it leaves you as an individual out of the picture. And What if the thing you're doing is great from a profitability perspective, but doesn't give you that feeling of of purpose or, or fulfillment or happiness? When I'm working with clients, what I prefer to look at is the relationship between financial success and their view of personal success. And for any business activity, it's way more than money, right? It makes sense that there's a convergence of passion, talent, skills and money. Look at it this way. If you're working in the zone of your passion and talents and skills that have no money from that work, then you have a hobby, right? If you have passion and money, but no talent, you'll probably fail. And if you have talent and money, but no passion, you'll soon get bored and really sort of reach that point of, this isn't really what I want to be doing with my life and my my career. Starting out in a career, your goal has probably focused on learning know-how, sort of that skills set, competence, if you like, and earning an income, of course, the money side. And if you're lucky, you can combine these with doing something you also enjoy. So like something that you care about, something you're passionate about, something that you just enjoy that kind of work. But a lot of our early career is actually quite serendipitous based on what subjects you study or courses you take. And you can end up doing a job that just isn't really fulfilling you. 
Likewise, in business, we end up starting a business in a field we have skills or qualifications in, particularly if you're in uh, consulting um, and some kind of professional practice. And it's not necessarily because we're talented or passionate about it. We just follow down what can feel like a predictable path. Later, after a decade or two, or three or four even, we find ourselves ingrained doing the same job, boxed in that industry, and you tell people you're an ex where X has become your professional identity, and you feel kind of locked in. Others, like me, perhaps have meandered through lots of different jobs and types of work and progressed up the ranks. Have you ever wondered what to call yourself? You've essentially become a jack of all trades and you might be master of of one or two or even several, but it's hard to pin anything specific in terms of your real genius zone in order to market yourself as, as a specialist and master of one. It's not uncommon to lose sight of our core talents and strengths, let alone what we're passionate about or what we stand for. And in marketing, it's always about being specific about, you know, what you offer, who you offer it to and what you deliver. I see this all the time with clients who are starting out working for themselves after years in a particular career, industry or sector. And if you start upon your own in business and you're struggling to find clients or customers, it's perhaps because you're not pinning down a profitable niche. There's no point being master of something that the market doesn't need anymore. It's simply you know, it's tough out there, it's business. And the goal in step one here has been to check that the expert area you're working in is one you enjoy, but also that you can earn money with. So you're aligning your your personal sense of, of success and the kind of work you want to do, the kind of life you want to lead with the financial success that allows that. In the next steps, we're going to look at making sure it's also a profitable niche and that what you offer is in good demand in the marketplace. So let's move on to step two, identifying your most profitable genius zone. Your genius zone is not just what you're good at or great at. It's much more than that. And you'll find it when you home in on what sits at the intersection of work that you find purposeful, where your passion lies and where your talent and skills really come into play. Discovering your genius zone is a key step in the process of finding your business sweet spot where you get paid for doing this work, your profitable genius zone. It's sad to admit it, but I remember the day it occurred to me, aside from my children who I adore and love spending time with, I I couldn't think of anything much that makes me happy anymore. Isn't that a bit sad? Um, That's a real deep share. I was doing a lot of consulting work, so the money side was fine, but my heart really wasn't in it. Two reasons lay behind this, I think. One, I'd been so busy working um, and I do love to work, um, but I also like to kick back now as well. I've learned to balance things, Um, but I'd been so busy working, I'd abandoned doing things outside of work that gave me pleasure, apart, as I say, from spending time with my family. And two, even on the work side, the essence of what I stood for had become very dilute and unfocused in the range of work I was doing. And this really impacted on my sense of happiness and my sense of sort of fulfillment. I I basically had lost my mojo. I mean, I I don't know whether everything's sort of related, but all of a sudden I just found I I had no energy, I had no drive, and this just wasn't, you know, the J that I I know and others know um, about me. And I think because my purpose, my belief in myself and what used to drive me was just missing. 
And what I really wanted at that point was a sense of what I was supposed to be doing with my, on this earth, if you like, and who I was best equipped to help and support, my true calling. So I felt I had all these sort of experience and skills and I and I didn't know where to direct it. And I think this is really important when you revisit your business sweet spot. And I think everyone should revisit it from, from time to time. And when I say from time to time, in the sort of changes that we're seeing in the marketplace and in people's lives at the moment, I think from time to time probably means at least once a year, just to really check that you're in that, that best zone for yourself and for your business. So for me at that point, it was time to dig deep. And so, I mean, these three steps that I'm giving you, they're exactly what I found myself having to do. And this is why I know how powerful it can be. Finding your true purpose or calling is actually quite a hard and difficult psychological activity. And I totally envy those people who love what they do, know why they do it, and just wake up every morning just jumping out of bed ready to um, to do their thing. Um, you know, maybe they'll hit where I hit. Um, it depends maybe how old you are, um, whether you're male, female, I don't know what the variables are, or whether some people are just lucky that they're in their dream job or their dream business. I found that you can't just do an exercise for an hour. A lot of people say, oh, here's a checklist, here's a template, work through these questions. Um, I really found that hard because it was like I had no starting point. I had no nowhere to sort of ground it. And you don't just spend an hour going through a, a worksheet and think, oh, yeah, now I know what I should be doing with my life and my work and my business. It takes time. It takes um, peeling back the layers and it changes over time, actually. Um, I found as new patterns become known to me, um, then you you find that you put some layers back, you take some layers layer, you slice a little bit out, you dig deep into the into the core of what makes you tick. Once you uncover what makes you tick and what makes you money, you're in a great position to work towards excellence in this profitable genius zone. The best starting place to find your business sweet spot, in my experience for my own business, but also helping other small businesses um, to really nail this, it's to look back over your life and work and identify common themes or whether it's a particular type of work you've done, a specific subject matter, or the nature of the work. Just find somewhere that you can start the process of thinking it through. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's just a starting point. And think also then about what you most enjoy out of that kind of work, and what consistently is present in the things that you choose to do. So look for the common themes. So, you know, what do you read? What do you watch? What do you talk about? And I'm not just talking about the business. I'm talking about in life. You know, when you, you're browsing on Amazon or somewhere for your, for your next book you're going to read or you're flicking through Prime or Netflix for something to watch. What things are you drawn to? Um, I was always loving some, you know, documentaries about history, about people, um, biographies. I love reading biographies. But it really helped me to sort of see what are the things that, that interest me um, because I'd lost sight of that. So maybe less about you and what work you've done in the past and more also about a, a need or problem people walk around with that you continually feel remains unaddressed in the world. 
So, the, you know, it's the thing that really riles you when you see something on the news, you know, what gets you excited or what gets you annoyed? Um, maybe there's a, a clue in there as to what you actually care about um, in terms of the world, in terms of people, in terms of business, in terms of, of money, in terms of diversity. It could be all kinds of different things. So really try and do that reflective process and you'll find it quite quite revealing, I think. And I think finding an unsolved problem is quite hard these days, you know, to find a, a gap in the market. And it, if you can find something that relates to something that we as people need or care about, um, something that's going to make a difference, then it's more likely to be a very profitable business sweet spot for you. For example, for me, this is innovation and supporting people to do something new. Originally, I did this by managing development projects and later through teaching, coaching, mentoring and writing. Innovation, insights and implementation are threads running through my whole career. I know that's a lot of words beginning with I and uh, that's always a, a, a funny thing, which is because that's where my online education program, iSuccess, comes from. And if you've been listening to my episodes, you should be starting to understand the connection now with all the I's. I, I'm always amazed just how many times the, the letter I comes up at the beginning of words that, that I use. It's maybe a subconscious thing. It's quite interesting, really. When you find your business sweet spot, it's often more of a feeling than a knowing. It's the high you feel when you're doing work you're really passionate about and that inspires you. You're in a state of flow and fulfillment and it doesn't even seem like work. And if that's work that serves a profitable target market, then you're in your business sweet spot. Finding your profitable genius zone is less about looking for one thing that fires you up and more about connecting the dots, connecting the things that you love doing and are good at with the people that this can benefit who are willing to pay you. It requires a bit of cross-referencing and options checking, but eventually you should see a pattern emerging. And if you find this really hard to do for yourself, then I think that's where coaching comes in because it can really help you to, to ladder your thinking and to drill down into, you know, you keep asking the kind of why question like kids do. Why is that important to you? Why do you think that? What does that look like for you? Those kind of questions can really help you dig deeper. And if you see a few possible themes, dig into these deeper to narrow it down to the best choice that balances purpose and profits. How I found my business sweet spot started with a fascination with finding your why. Um, because of the, the experience that I was talking about, about having lost my mojo, sort of like, why am I here? What am I supposed to be doing? Um, I was, I became really an avid consumer of everything that I could read and watch on finding your purpose, clarifying your message, understanding what success means to you and what makes you happy. And I've sifted through hundreds of ideas and produced dozens of notebooks where I'd written down key insights. Now, I'm not saying that you should, you know, take that much time over over all of this, but it does take time. Um, for me, I guess I just really, this was just really a, a real turning point for me in my career. I call it a midlife crisis, if you like. And so I did spend quite a lot of time on it. Um, but you don't necessarily have to do that, especially if you're just doing a quick reality check in terms of how marketable and uh, viable your business sweet spot continues to be. So I 
initially was doing this for my own use, of course, but then I'd organize them into key elements and create an article around certain ideas that others could benefit from my research and writing about these key insights for personal and professional success became quite a, a big focus. But I didn't go down that route. Although I, as I said, I found a lot of the business and marketing books and the videos and programs that I was drawn to were focused on the psychology and philosophy behind professional identity, probably because of my own my own journey at this point. And it, it was such a long road to find it back. Um, but that's always has been in the back of my mind, one sweet spot that I might well dive into uh, at a later time. But for me, at the same time as this was all happening, there was a core concept that was always there. And it's funny because I hadn't really spotted it until probably just two years ago, even. And, and that's that as an independent business owner and entrepreneur, you, you want to achieve the freedom to live your life. And actually, Live Your Life was the name of my marketing business back in 2010. And it's absurd that the big cohering idea behind Leverage Consulting and the Leverage Business um, for this podcast title has been staring at me in the face all along. And yet, when I was puzzling on the title for my book, which led me to doing a podcast around the ideas, I just couldn't see it. And again, I was going over and over thinking, you know, this, this is a word that doesn't land with people. But I knew that this was exactly what I was supposed to be doing. I just, I just felt that so strongly. And so rather than using the logic to sort of look at the, the research of the keywords and all of that kind of head stuff, I really just went with my heart and my gut instincts. Um, because it, it, it's a profitable area. Um, I'm passionate about it, and it gives me a real sense of purpose that I that I desperately needed back again. And I I think I'm not alone in this. I think a lot of highly educated, high achieving professionals had this exact same problem at some point in their career or in business. And you know that moment of horror when someone asks, what do you do? And you freeze or come out with some lame, vague or boring string of words interspersed with lots of ers and ums. And I've now been writing about these topics for over 10 years and, and I find it fulfilling to leverage my strengths and interests to help other people start, survive and thrive in business. Um, no matter where you are on the business journey, what people want and prepared to pay for is so important to nail down. And it's also the fact that it changes and, you know, you have to be adaptable in fairly uncertain times. Personally, I've refocused, reinvented and rebranded myself and the business quite a few times over the past 25 years of my career in my business ventures and in my consulting practice in order to stay profitable. This is what I call leveraging you. And I devoted a whole big chapter to it in my book, Leverage Consulting in the Digital Age, because it's such an important, critical cornerstone for everything else that follows in your marketing, sales and service delivery. And too often we do ourselves a disservice and we question everything. <laughs> um, it also means that the people who we're capable of helping aren't really getting the, the clear and compelling message through. If we're not doing what we do to a high standard or if we're not standing tall in our genius zone. 
So, I mean, look at your your own sort of sense of self. Are you your own worst ambassador? Do you unwittingly give yourself negative labels and believe others who think you're mad to go off down the beaten path? In the book, Work Reimagined, Richard Lyder and David Shapiro talk about the sense of clarity and confidence to be gained by uncovering your calling which they define as the inner urge to give our gifts away. I love that. I think that's absolutely great way of, of looking at it. So let's progress from that now. We've done step one, which was aligning your financial and personal drivers. And we've done step two, which was all about identifying your most profitable genius zone. And now we're going to move into step three, which flows from there, which is about doing work that's in demand and has a positive impact. Once you discover or uncover your business sweet spot, it's way easier to dive into who your ideal client would be. So first get yourself super clear on who you are and what you and your business bring to the table. And then we look at what your clients want from you or what they could ben- how they could benefit from you. Now, if you're working with high-end clients, they don't want to just work with anyone. They want the creme de la creme. And you need to be clear and confident in how you market and position yourself. That's why steps one and two are incredibly important uh, foundations for uh, all of this. I'm not just talking about our credentials and experience, though. Um, Sometimes it's not enough just to pull out the common threads of what kind of work we've been doing, what drives us all, or even what our genius zone is, as in steps one and two. In his book, Louder Than Words, Todd Henry talks about resonant work. And I really like the idea of this um, very much because it, it gives you five attributes of resonant work resonant work that is work that resonates with your unique business sweet spot and the the five things that he the five attributes that he um, goes through are one authenticity so uncovering the narratives that are at the core of your personal and professional identity second is uniqueness where you identify what makes your work distinct from that of others and learn to creatively package and present your message The third is consonance, cultivate internal consistency and harmony in your work. The fourth is empathy, listen to your audience's aspirations and struggles to make your message more compelling. And the fifth one is timing, learn how to coordinate your work with ideas that already have cultural momentum. And this is what I meant about really keeping a reality check on your business sweet spot to make sure that it has viability in the marketplace. When you bring all of that together, you really will sense the power of clarity, the confidence that you'll get from that. I I could easily add several more important attributes to that list, boldly taking resonance into the business context and ensuring our work remains fulfilling and viable. Because often we hit a tipping or turning point in our career or business because the market shifts, sometimes quite dramatically, as we've seen with the coronavirus pandemic. With this in mind, it's a valuable exercise to keep revisiting your business sweet spot and to check, one, it's clear to your target audience, and two, it's hitting the spot in terms of viability in the marketplace. I see this in three ways, a kind of recap. First, it has to be purposeful. 
Make sure you're staying in your genius zone in terms of what is purposeful to you, doing work that fulfills you and purposeful to your potential client who wants the outcome you promise to deliver. Second, it should be profitable. Identify a target market who are not only a good fit for what you help people with, but also are willing to pay what you're worth to get that help. So no need really if you if you can get that right, to start undercutting your competitors or discounting your fees. And third, you must be well positioned. Learn how to get visible in the marketplace and stand out as an authority in your niche. That's a really important skill. And to get to that stage of confidence where you feel you want to get your your voice heard. And I'm really excited because I'm going to be interviewing the fabulous Anna Parker Naples in podcast episode 12, which will go out in the new year. And that's all about finding your voice and getting visible in the digital arena. And she's going to have some fantastic insights. And her personal story um, in this respect is also quite empowering and inspiring. When you take all of this together, these three steps, these attributes, these sort of focus points of purpose, profit and positioning... We're in the territory really of value for money and a lot of my consulting work is focused on value for money. Firstly, in the non-profit sector where it's a necessary part of compliance for public accountability, but also in the private sector businesses where your pricing strategy can make or break your sales performance. Dan Miller, president of 48 Days, and he's written books and has a podcast as well, I think, on the same title. Um, And it's a coaching business, basically. And he said, money is just an echo of value and that people want to pay for valuable things. And if you understand your core message, then you can deliver that message in a variety of ways, such as through coaching, live events, or by even creating a mastermind group. You need to make sure you charge what you're worth. Let's go back to that point. And that means setting your fees in relation to your authority and positioning and also the credibility you have in terms of what you deliver. So let's make value for money pricing a topic for another time. Because working in your business sweet spot should deliver optimal strength, efficiency, impact and profitability for you. And value for money for the client. If you're working business to business, it's so important to acknowledge where your prospective client is in their business journey. So high-end clients, those that are already at six and seven figures, or even or even more if you work with, with larger businesses and corporates, they have vastly different needs to those just starting out or solopreneurs, uh, if you like. Your high-end clients are not experiencing the same issues as someone still struggling to make 100k a year or someone who's having issues booking clients. High-end clients who already make six to seven figure incomes have already gone through the growing pains of building a business. So their needs and pain points will be very different from others not yet at this point in their business journey. So it's important to really think about where, you know, who your clients are and where they're at. Whether you're a consultant, coach or other professional practitioner, there's never a one-size-fits-all solution. But if you niche down into your business sweet spot, you'll have a better way, a better chance of offering the right kind of advice to the right kind of audience. My advice is to think really carefully about how you position and brand yourself in the marketplace. How clear are you about what you stand out for? How consistent are you in your message and content? 
How easily can people find you and see the value behind what you do? If you're new to running a client-based business, you'll likely need to shift your mindset and expand your comfort zone a little bit, as well as work fastidiously on your expert system, branding and marketing copy. It sounds like a lot to do, but it does all kind of flow, especially once you kind of get clear on what it is that that you're going to focus on. And to attract clients to you, you'll probably need to be more in the spotlight than you're used to, especially online. So even more reason to get super clear because otherwise you you really just won't have that confidence. Now all this is super important because your level of experience, your standards and your credibility are critical elements in a client deciding to work with you or hire you and they play a big part in how much you can charge as well as the kind of PR you can attract for instance. So make sure you're leveraging you as the face of your company and that you're portrayed as the go-to expert in your business sweet spot. It's never a bad idea to give yourself a reality check or get that makeover to revisit, refresh, reinvigorate the messaging for your business. So let's just quickly move to how you then take your message once you're clear to to market. Take your message to market is always an interesting area is because we can spend a lot of time getting ourselves all clear. um, But in that time, we're not actually earning any money. So one of the ways to, to do this in a stepwise way is to test out your message before you've actually got everything packaged up to find out what, you know, whether it's resonating with people, find out whether or not you're actually offering an outcome that people desperately want. Now, once you're ready, clear and confident about your business sweet spot, it's then the way that you can look at your marketing and overhaul your offers if necessary. Think of how you can revamp your website, your emails, your social posts, your sales page and any press releases. And in fact, if you're um, earning sufficiently well, it's probably quite a good idea to outsource this because you can give people, now you've got this clarity, you can give people a brief and then ask them to go through a lot of your stuff and just making sure that everything's on on message. So you'd want to hire someone with good copywriting experience, but also, you know, with an eye for detail and for consistency. Those would be really clear areas to specify if you put a, a job advert out on somewhere like Upwork, for example. So ask your also your existing networks too. So people who are uh, clients of yours, people who are in the the same kind of um, industry, the sort of people who are likely to be interested in what you have to offer. So it's kind of like a, a pre-marketing marketing, um, task that you can do because, you, you know, you're doing market research essentially, but you might actually attract clients into your business that way too. So ask them to talk about the problem that they that they walk around with that that you are able to solve and pick out the language that they themselves use to describe their problems, challenges and the results they're looking for. Because when you're positioned and recognized as the expert, it speaks volumes if you're actually really talking the right language in your specific niche. And ultimately, when you're more visible in the digital space, you'll probably get a lot of feedback without even asking for it um, in terms of, of what kinds of content, what kinds of questions are really getting the most engagement from people. It, it's, it's tough 
generating leads and attracting clients. Um, but if you can get this layer of, of clarity and you can tap into your audience, you're, you're going to be much more authentic. You're going to be much more compelling and you can create irresistible offers out of that information. It also means that you're more likely to be consistent in your branding and messaging. And that's where you start then to stand out as the go-to person for that thing you do. As I talk about in my book, success in the digital age is actually not about being everywhere. It's about being in key places where your target audience hangs out and using channels that you're comfortable enough in to post content regularly. Share your expertise with others. Start building high-end relationships, as we talked about in my podcast episode three with a guest interview with Andy Laparta. And you'll find opportunities will actually start to find you. So you haven't got to go out and, and look for things. When you're really visible and working in your business sweet spot, you're seen as a specialist and you become the hunted, not the hunter. And it makes such a difference to how it all feels to be in demand. And that's why the first dimensions for success in my iSuccess framework are all about aligning, targeting, positioning, branding, and then pricing. Because people think about leverage as being the other two dimensions, which is systematizing and scaling. But if you don't get the foundations right, then you're not really leveraging you and your marketing is going to just feel really heavy and your sales conversations are going to feel really heavy. So by getting this clarity, you're actually leveraging your, your message, you're leveraging your expertise, you're leveraging your voice, and all of those things start to come together. So with that clarity, internally and externally, that's really where the magic of, of leverage kicks in. When you successfully identify your real business sweet spot, it should bring you closer to your true calling to get back to that. It should also enable you to focus your marketing and offers on the one thing you want to be most known for doing well. Just apply the 80-20 rule to any business, I, I reckon. And it's, it's like that 20% of customers will make up 80% of your profit. And it was interesting because I had a conversation with somebody that was looking to, to launch a podcast. And she was saying that 80% uh, of her uh, women clients, because she works mostly with women, are women in business. And 20% of, of them are not in business, but they still benefit from her help. And I said, well, who are the people you most want to work with, the 80% or the 20%? Because obviously what you do is is attracting women in business. So, it, it, I mean, sometimes it's just super obvious to us if we, but we want to try and include everybody. Um, and when you narrow your, your focus, your message becomes way clearer and people just say, ah, yeah, that's what I need. That's what you want to get to, really. So keep an eye on your industry because that might, might change over time. Keep an eye on periodic shifts in the, the numbers that you see in terms of your, your lead generation, in terms of converting your calls into clients. Um, look really at whether what people are talking about is shifting too, whether that has an influence on what you offer, how you offer it, how you talk about it. So what I try to do really is to help people achieve freedom, um, but avoid sort of that sense of overwhelm, obscurity and overload that you can get when you, you go round and round in circles trying to get a handle on this stuff. Because the freedom that you achieve leveraging your expertise, once you're clear on this business sweet spot, you're, you're trading your value, not your time. Remember, that's a really important one. And it's always been 
what personally drives my business strategy and what I love helping other consultants and coaches with. So, I mean, if you haven't got the memo on this yet, freedom is a really big thing for me, both financial freedom, uh, but mostly time freedom, um, super important. Uh, freedom means making my own choices about what work I do. Freedom to do it when I want, within reason. Freedom to give back to others. And this is why I focused on innovating my business model and pivoting and where the leverage consulting insights in my book come from. Now, surprisingly, many businesses struggle because they haven't found or aren't leveraging their business sweet spot. And that's why I wanted to devote uh, an episode on this, because when you do, it, it really helps you attract your ideal clients and customers for the things that you do well, so that you can really excel in, you can really deliver a, a great experience on. And especially if you can differentiate what's unique about your why and your how compared to your competition. This unique distinction is in fact your backstory. And that's why I've started a, a lot more recently to share, you know, where I'm coming from with some of all of this, you know, what got me thinking about these things? What, you know, what experiences have I had that really made me think why I wanted to focus on this particular spot? Your story becomes your brand. If you haven't yet uncovered where your best work happens, that is your, your genius zone, use these three steps that we've covered to find your business sweet spot. And as soon as you do that, I think you'll find that a lot of other stuff becomes a, a lot, a lot easier. One exercise you can sit down and do right away goes like this. First, identify your core competences rather than keep adding to the type of work you do. To work across your strengths rather than trying to be all things to all people. Three, match your best services or products to market demand. And four, listen to what your clients and customers value most in what you do and how you do it. Bring these four elements together then into a compelling and unique offer. So you're cherry picking to some extent. I hope that helps because I think once you kind of sit down and you really just brainstorm it, um, you know, you don't need to ponder on it for ages. You're just really picking stuff out, picking out your core competences, working across your strengths, matching what you do best to what the market wants and listening to what clients value in terms of how you how you then deliver it um, and packaging that then up into an offer. So if you want to find your business sweet spot and you're, you've, you've gone through all of this and you're still struggling, then let me help you move towards the clarity, the focus and alignment you need to do work that's both purposeful and profitable. And if you'd like to book a business strategy discovery call with me, we can talk about your goals, challenges and what you most need help and support with. So if you go to jallison.com and pick contact from the top menu, and then click the link to book a one-to-one -one session with me. Choose the option, the first option for the free strategy uh, discovery call and then pick a date and time to suit. I don't offer many of these, um, so be sure to book early to, to, so it's not sort of weeks and weeks ahead of you. I'll pop the link, um, the direct link in the show notes on my website. And if you want the easy to remember, hopefully, URL, that's simply leveragebusinesspodcast.com and that will take you to the right place for the podcast show notes. Okay, and that's it for me today. And I hope that it's been helpful and useful as always. And I'd love to hear um, what you think. And if you have any questions, feel free to contact me.
So till next week, that's all from me. Ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening to the Leverage Business Podcast. Want to create leverage in your business? Did this episode provide some insights and ideas to be thinking through? If so, subscribe so you get alerts when the next one's released. If you want to learn more or would like help and support with building a leveraged business that achieves true freedom for you, then head over to jallison.com forward slash podcast to find all the resources and links that go with this show on my website and to join our iSuccess community. And if you're enjoying our content, it would be great if you could pop into Apple Podcasts or the app you listen from and leave me a rating and review. Everyone makes a difference to improving our rankings. So thank you if you've done that already. I appreciate you. So hey, that's it. Thank you for listening. I hope you've loved this episode and have some great takeaways to be thinking through. I wish you a pleasant, productive and profitable week. And I'll see you again next time for another episode of the Leverage Business Podcast.